Okay, hi everyone. Um, so excited because today you get to meet Deb, who's the bomb.com. <laughs> right as my kids start running upstairs and yelling. So hopefully that's not too distracting. But Deb, I was thinking about you this morning and our conversation and just thinking, I just really, really want to start with um, naming what a profound impact your teachings and presence in my life, what it has been for the past year, over a year now. And I am so honored to have your wisdom shared here with our community. You are such a gift. Thank you, honey. <laughs> it goes right back at you. So there we are. You are a gift. I could do a whole episode on all the things you've taught me, but I'll, I'll do that on my own without you physically here. And then I won't waste your time. But I actually called you in, right? My my, I, I literally was like, we need to have some conversation as a community. And there's one person I know who can do it. And it's about initiation. It's about adult development and stages. Because I think that there are a lot of women in our community. We have way more women than men. We have like, you know, whatever, I would say 98% women and 2% men. So I'm going to use that female language. Um, and I'm also living that experience. I don't want to speak out of my lived experience, but where we were not taught by elders, the stages, the process, initiations, grieving publicly, community grief, you know, all of these things were, were, were really not part of my growing up in childhood and, and community and society. And it's so painful because now as a middle-aged woman, there are things that I'm going through and growing through that I feel like are really normal and really natural, but weren't named, weren't normalized. And so I'm noticing in our community, people stuck in different stages. It feels as if, I don't want to name it as a judgment, but just, it feels as if people are kind of stuck in some, um, earlier stages. And what I mean by that is not embodying the power of middle-aged femalehood, which I think is just like, you helped me tap into mine. And now she's just like, you know, on fire. It's a little much for some, but I'm loving it. <laughs> but, you know, there's this thing and it's kind of a growth, but it's also moving towards a path of elderhood and wisdom um, of a lifetime. So that's what I want to start with is like, tell me, what do you, what do you think when I say all of that, what's coming up for you share with us? Well, good. Let's just talk. Um, the first question I guess I would have is, can you name some of those pods of stuckness so we can, you know, like where, what is it that you see? Yeah. Um, wanting other people to give answers, external validation, um, like contagious thought loops and limiting beliefs and stories that feel very trapped in a former version of them. Yeah. So it's almost like I see this huge potentiality and then the, the reflection back is sometimes almost like an ad adolescent stage is what I'm hearing in my inner voice, but I don't mean that in a judgment way. I just mean in a stage where it's a little bit tantrum-y and sort of like irritated about life, but not really stepping into the sort of responsibility of the choices we've made. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. So let's let's go um, meta to micro. Mm -hmm. Okay. So one thing that you named, which I you know I I feel really uh, is true, is that the context that Americans. Let's just work with Americans, and and this is not across the board. So let's just say the Americans that I'm working with are, like you said, they're not, none of us came, unless we were in a, in a really um, sincere religious faith that has this all plotted out, yeah. the, the quality of assimilation of um, faith-based and, and initiation rituals and all of that, is very fragmented. So we have some some in the in the Wiccan community. We have some in the in the Christian community, Jewish communities, you know, Hindu communities. Everybody has some. 
but as a assimilated population together, we don't have much and we don't have a language for it. In, so I was blessed to live in Africa for three years and, and it was um, really like such a big part of what happened to my understanding of human development because they're so specific about making sure that each of those things is met. Also in Japan, very specific. Judaism, very specific, right? But even in Judaism, which you and I are familiar with, once you get past 13, <laughs> you know, unless you're, you're really working it, there's not a lot coming in. Yeah. So that's one piece. The second piece that I see contextually in my work all the time is, I, I can't call it anything else but American narcissism, which is kind of a sounds harsh, but I'll include myself in it. Yeah. Which is just that we were, all of us, pretty much brought up in a, no, not all of us. Some of us were brought up in a boom time that allowed us to be in the position of, if you build it, they will come. Um, whatever you dream you can be. You know, how many Academy Awards speeches have we heard saying, keep dreaming, you can have this too, right? Uh, relationships, all of the stuff that we've seen on screen in American film until recently, really, the norm was mm -hmm. not developmentally accurate, right? Everybody's mm -hmm. just went right to the point of happily ever after, period. Mm -hmm. So that's, to me, is kind of the popular culture context that we live in. Even that, of course, there's so many variations. What would be a developmentally accurate? I just, when you said that, I kind of went like, ding, 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 what's that mean? So, okay. Let's just, the easiest one to do is relationship. Okay. Let's just follow that one through, especially. Perfect. So for girls, we'll just do girls. So you have, you know, your first level of development, which is attachment, which is that first year of life from conception to first year of life that actually wires us for love, right? That sets the template for what smells right for us, mm -hmm. literally. Like mm -hmm. what kind of man or woman we're gonna be attracted to. It's that early. And then everything developmentally after that reflects some part of mm -hmm. either the women or the men in our lives that were our caretakers. Right, so that's created actually the kind of the ball of energy that all humans have. And like in Africa, the attachment story is very, very different because everybody's attached to the chest forever. And then once you come down off mommy's breast, you have 20 or 30 aunties, right? So you're constantly in relationship. In America, our ideal was to put everybody in a house by themselves with mommy, daddy, or mommy, mommy, or daddy, daddy, and the, and the kids, which does not create a social context, yeah. a natural, bigger social context. So once we get into relationships, we're aiming for a very narrow life. We're aiming for a mm -hmm. love looks like this. Mm -hmm. The man should be like this. The conversation should sound like this. And it's devastating actually. We have like what, 60% divorce rate. So we're actually not doing well at that very most simple adult transition from childhood, looking at my future. I'll just do me. I wanna be a mother and a, and a, a wife. I also wanna be a theater artist and a, and, a, and a counselor. I didn't think that at the time, but those three things. By the time I got to 21, which is the next, you know, teenage is a special time. So we'll go back to that. But 21 will be the next initiation mm -hmm. um, towards gravitas, towards wholeness. If there hasn't been a really nice solid period of developing your soul in, in elementary school and high school and, and college, you're gonna hit 21 pretty shallow. And so one of the hard parts, I think, for your generation is that you, you're, um, you really have to work hard to get a great soul's education. 
shouldn't be that hard, but you do. So when you hit 21 and it's time to either procreate or find a partner or whatever you're going to do, you're not, you're so much not an adult. <laughs> and so that's where I see the first crap out is sort of at 21. And then I watch everybody sort of fake it till 40. And then most <laughs> of my clients fall apart between 40 and 50. And that really is where the next initiation should be. Yeah right, is that we can kind of yeah. muscle through. Yeah. But then once the kids come and the marriage falls apart and the it, things get harder <laughs> and there's no, if, if your soul hasn't been this, the yeah. central story of your life up to that point, then your external validation is really all that you've been trained for. So we just, you know, that's why we, the work you do is so important because you're training people, not offering people to remember that they are led by their souls. Yeah. Right, which is not the, the cultural conversation. Like, why aren't politicians talking about their souls? Like, yeah. really, would be cool. Yeah. So we're way behind in that way, and we're way ahead in our ability to know that we need to take care of ourselves. Like that part of the movement towards soul came through. We all do yoga, not we all. Mm -hmm. but I mean, everybody more mainstream meditation. Yeah. Yeah, some information about how to take care of themselves. But it's so often in isolation rather than community because of apps and technology. And so people are meditating every day on the app and still feeling all the feels and empty because there's not, because all of the other traditions have that communal aspect, right? And we're, we haven't like Matt bridged that. Would we you agree with that? I've sort of been just thinking oh, about that lately. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that's, you know, all the way back to nuclear families, right? It's yeah. like, oh, okay, that's what's supposed to happen. And then my partnership is yeah. supposed to be um, enmeshed, right? That's, that's the ideal. And so then, then you have those yes. years from 20 to 40. And then if you have any kind of intelligence at all and longing, you're going to mess up right here because you're going to want to differentiate. Mm -hmm. So in my work, you know, this. And just in this one thread relationship, we go from enmeshment like that, you know, I am you and you are me, yeah. to I am me and you are you, to we are together, mostly ourselves, and this little tiny sliver in the middle belongs to the couple and mm -hmm. it's very alive. But everything else belongs to me, mm -hmm. right? And that is not the story, the developmental story that we were taught. So marriage becomes very problematic yeah, and not realistic. And Is there anything from your own, you've been married for how long, how many years? We've been married 25 years. Okay. Um, from your lived experience, that sort of wisdom around what does that sliver really look like in real life? Yeah. So basically I can say this from, I, I'll just do myself. So we came together, um, Later in, I've been married three times. I kept trying this one. So I didn't know we that. came together when I was in my late 30s. So I already had my gravitas, yes. which helped, but it did not keep us from the stage of development that we needed to do. So we enmeshed for about yeah. 10 years. We were, the picture of us would be completely on the same track. We taught together, traveled together, raised mm. kids together. And then at some point we both needed to do something else. And mm -hmm. that developmental stage took about 15 years and I think that's what we don't no adult ever told us yeah. right it's like it wasn't that it happened because I did a play and you wrote a yeah. book yeah it happened because we fought for 15 years, <laughs> right and we we had power struggle and we projected all over the other person what our parental dilemmas were yeah. and you know all of the horrible stuff about psychology we did all of that Mm -hmm. And if we hadn't had this initiation at an early age into souls together, are we share a common soul language? Mm -hmm. I don't, I'd have no expectation we would have made it. Mm -hmm. So we were able to keep coming back to our yeah. soul contract and fight our way through this. And then somewhere, and this was the next initiation around 60. Mm -hmm. Listen to the time frame I'm talking about. <laughs> we became what my husband calls stones in God's pocket, right? We rubbed each mm -hmm. other so long that we're having a renaissance and it's just the best, it's, best mm -hmm. it's been since we were first married, mm -hmm. right? 
but who told me that was, I mean, I've read about it in books, but who said it was going to be so hard yeah. or that it would be so ugly or that it would be messed with both of our heads so much, you know, that nobody talks about that. And if you see that in the movies, they get divorced. Yeah. They don't make it through. Right. So that to me is like, those are two initiatory steps that women actually could help each other. Older women should be invited to younger women's um, circles. Circles, yeah. Right? And you should ask us, tell me about long marriage, right? Tell me about sex. The really interesting thing in, in the tribe that I was um, lived with in Uganda is that when you get married, mm. they send an auntie with you to your wedding night to make sure that you learn how to do it. So there's another thread, whole developmental oh, yeah. thing, sex, which we're crappy at. You know, we missed the initiations. Yeah. And so all that we're left with is penthouse and romance novels, right? Yeah. Educate us about sex. That's yeah. it. Am I on target or is this way? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so much. And I'm just thinking about so many of us in our community who, you know, when you were just talking about that infant stage in that first year and that nuclear family, and so many of us grew up in homes where that nuclear family or primary caregiver was so, had so many of their own issues. And so, of course, those inheritances, um, it's like a lifetime to break through them. Um, because we're, we're in those tiny containers with not well folks, not to blame and shame them, but, you know, from their ancestry or their lineage or whatever they're dealing with. And then you're spending your whole lifetime unraveling that and orienting towards, or hopefully orienting towards, you know, wiser elders and that kind of thing. But I would say for the most part, we don't even know that that's what we need, um, it's too easy to get medicated for sleep. It's too easy to get medications for anxiety and depression and things that have come through these long lines um, as, a, as like a mainstream narrative rather than, you know, someone really holding you and saying like, you can elderhood or wisdom or normalizing, right? It's like a totally different paradigm. <laughs> And not to blame Medicaid. I don't, it's not anything about pharmaceuticals or labels. It's just like a totally different way of caring for one another. When we listen to the stories of the pain and it starts to come to life in my own experience, just with you and being in your circle and, you know, you'll share with everybody at the end, all these wonderful things you're doing that they can join, but like, it's just so transformative to mental health and well-being and energy and sustainability to kind of move forward when you're supported with that, like people listening and witnessing and caring for one another. Yeah. Cause those earlier stages are so painful for so many of us, you know? And I think that we, um, where we get stuck, which is one of the things you asked about is, is let's just say that you had insecure, childhood, so that yeah. would be your attachment. And by the time you get um, into your teenage and all the hormones hit and all the sex stuff hits, then that gets unraveled too. So there's not yeah. safety until you're in your twenties. Yeah. So that puts your looping thoughts at about age five, right? You actually haven't had a line and we haven't had lines in our head for straightforwardness your generation and the generation after you, I think are doing much better. And I think it's because of what you said is that our generation could almost only pay attention to itself. You know, after Vietnam, which was our big, you know, we can change the world. And then everything kind of went silent and there wasn't an initiation for that group into a national story of help. There's yeah. lots of helpers. Right, but we didn't until we got to the point that where we are now, where there's a dissolution of helpers. So we have to come back mm -hmm. developmentally to what would it have been like at 13? What did you need? Mm -hmm. you know, right. Where were you lost? Right. And all of us needed um, someone telling us about our souls. Yeah. That we had them because yeah. we all do it. Every kid knows they have it. It just gets bare. It's that little light, you know, 
Yeah. Talk about souls and your soul's like journey and relationship. Like, I think people would be really interested in that. Well, I'm, I'm in a, a, the way I look at me is that I had fairly insecure attachment in a healthy family, right? So I had a pretty Mm -hmm. interesting family. They were pretty, I can go back and, and see some real stability there, big family. But my particular journey in the family was as, as a runt, right? I was fifth child of, um, in four years for my mom. So in, in my work, that's called a depleted womb, right? So there's not, wasn't enough for me. Mm. And so regardless of how wonderful my upbringing good parts were, I didn't get what I needed in some really significant ways. And I was smart and a lot of girls are smart. And so being smart and poorly attached at 13, I had a nervous breakdown and I just, mm-hmm. I, I did not do well mm-hmm. and was sent off to school, went to jail. I mean, I have a whole, uh, bad things happened. Mm-hmm. And so that didn't really stop till late teenage. And, and if I were gonna look at an initiation that would have helped me, mm-hmm. but then at 13, with a group of, for me, a group of artists, mm-hmm. <laughs> a group of teachers, a group of Jewish women, a group, any group, <laughs> that would have sat me down and helped me notice that um, mm-hmm. being a human was my goal, not being the object of the men in my life, which was mm-hmm. what I spent the next 20 years juggling, you know, very bad, poorly attached relationships with men and a fierce commitment to my career. Mm-hmm. But none of that was, you know, you, that's not peace. That wasn't peaceful. So that those are two initiation points I see as really important is that coming to terms at 13 with what your upbringing was starting earlier at that. Mm-hmm. So that by the time I'm 21, I'm ready for the next thing, which is to be an equal partner in the world and for women. And I've been working with women for 40 years. Mm-hmm it is still part of our journey to say, I am not an object, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it takes a really long time. Yeah. And to get the men in our lives also, who are also been inculcated in that, mm-hmm. to stop seeing us as objects. So that's the journey of the first journey of the soul, mm-hmm. right? I am not an object. Mm-hmm. I'm a subject of my own life. Therefore, I can take responsibility. Therefore, I am not a victim. Therefore, I have to own some of my choices. So 13, 21, 40. So 21 to 40 is all of the things you guys already know is all of that balancing between being an object, Mm -hmm. being a good object, Mm -hmm. getting the currency that women get from being an object, and then trying to find ourselves as subjects. You know, what do I want to do? What kind of children do I want to raise? What is my career? How do I blah, 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 blah. Most women, not most, a lot of women waiting till later mm-hmm. choose children. They want more time for this developmental stage. In 40, it gets serious, you know, because if you didn't have the help, and it's expensive to get help. It's not like, you know, unless you're church oriented, temple oriented, or, you know, in a remarkable community, you're pretty much left to hoping you can afford psychotherapy. And now there's more and more circles. There's the project. I mean, there's a lot more like what you do. Yeah. Thank God. Um, When I was your age, I was, you know, calling circles, but that I had to do it because I couldn't find them. Yeah. So at each developmental stage, community would be, have been better. Mm-hmm. One of the most successful secular mm. human achievements of this century, I think is AA. Mm. <laughs> because look what they've done. Yeah, It's about community. It's about daily support. It's yeah. about, you know, better habits. It's yeah. about, compassion and no judgment and it's it's multi-million people for free and I don't think there's ever been anything like that so that's as close to me as as a tribal life yeah 
as I've ever seen. Well, I think what I mean, what I'm thinking about too is is just all of the intersectionality around religion and soul and spirituality and soul and religion. And I'm thinking of a number of women in our community who, you know, grew up in Catholic. Typically it's Catholic is what they'd say. Sometimes it's Jewish too, because we have some of some of a lot of similarities in the patriarchy, in the this doesn't make sense to me, in the hypocrisy. Um I know that's when I got fed up with Judaism when I was so tired of hearing about changing the world. And yet it cost, you know, $200,000 to belong to the synagogue. I mean, just ridiculous amounts of money pouring into a, it, it just I, enough. Um, and God always being male. And, and I wasn't introduced to Shekinah or the feminine form until I, until I navigated Kabbalah and renewal and all that, you know, was able to find other paths. And I, I think I hear that in Catholicism too, is, it was so non-relatable to some of our members that they just shut the whole door and it feels really scary to open it back up because there is so much trauma related to being sinning, doing things wrong, getting your hands tied, you know, just so many things. So I just think it's important to kind of name and talk into that intersectionality of patriarchy with the suffocation of women and our souls in some ways, because I don't know where you find that outside of religion in modern, I mean, that's what we're trying to do in Lola, but uh, you know, in sort of modern mainstream society. I know, I mean, we're, you know, we're, I'm part of a tradition of healing schools that starts way back to John Paracas and bioenergetics through Barbara Brennan, through, mm. you know, the schools that we've been with all over the world, they're all over the world, but they're small. And they're basically focused on, you know, what is the energy of growing a soul? Mm. But that's not a common, it's not a common story. Um, I think, you know, it's interesting because my kids are Mormon and one, one set of my kids are Mormon. And, and, you know, they, regardless of where our differences are about faith, in terms of community, they have it nailed. Mm. You know, they really do a good job with those kids feeling like they understand what ethics are, they understand what they're, you know, what what it means to be a good person, what it means to be a grown up. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's neat. That part's really neat to watch. I see that in the best of you know Judaism. I'm I'm, I'm not Catholic. My husband was. I'm I'm expecting that they have that too. Mm -hmm. But there's a a strong sense of ethical. Mm -hmm. um, which in an assimilated culture without any of that, it, it's quite um, disturbing. And I think that may, I could make this up, that that's part of what we're seeing now. Yeah, yeah. And a return to it, right? Like I think my AU students, yeah, my undergrad students are much more tuned into um, appropriation, lands acknowledgements, indigenous communities, ritual. Like I'm hearing it all the time from, you know, those younger. So I feel excited about that, mm. even though our, we're sort of like, eh, 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 you know, straddling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, in terms of that, what's, what I find exciting, and I love this about you, is like the most luminous conversations about faith I have are with like one of my closest friends is a Baptist pastor. And when we talk about what Jesus was Jewish, and what what is that where's our link together it opens into everything yeah it's yeah. everything yeah I, I think those conversations have been hard to have too yeah you know they just we haven't we're just learning that i think we're just we're really still very adolescent aren't we well that's what i want to is there anything else you, you skipped over adolescence a little to say it was different is there anything you want to say about that stage or i do because i think what I'm watching now, of course, I'm a, a, a counselor that is constantly seeing people who are hurting. So I don't know how normal I am. But what I see mostly now is extreme forms of anxiety yeah. for kids. Yeah. And, um, you know, COVID, of course, is its own yeah. hell realm. But, but even before that. So once again, without an attachment, without a community, without a place to ground, without a, a future that's safe, your nervous system is just not, nobody's nervous system is gonna do well with that. Yeah. 
And so that's, it's a struggle now to find communities again. I mean, it's everywhere I look also, because I'm part of a community of communities, people are trying to create community and it's not easy because we don't have much practice and we're very egoistic. So we want what we want and we're not collaborative by nature as Americans. We're, you know, alone in the prairie unless we're traditional people, which a lot of us aren't. Mm -hmm. So we can hope for that, but we don't actually have much epigenetic for it. We don't have mm -hmm. sitting around the fire together, you know? Yeah, I mean, in my, in my story, my dad's Jewish family was annihilated. So they assimilated like nobody's business. Like I am not gonna, nobody's gonna see yeah. me, kill me. Yeah, yeah. On my mom's side, they were pioneer and from them, we got all much more evenings where everyone recited poetry and family mm -hmm. events where we all went camping. And they were able to, that pioneer thing that they brought through, because they had to. If you didn't make community out there, you die, yeah. right? Yeah. So here we are in our kind of quasi city, suburban, trying to be, traditional people when we're not yeah. trying to find home. It's complicated. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's been so helpful to link the ancestral piece, which has come through with our work and, and then led me down like so many ancestral healing paths, which are just been wonderful for soul work. Like I would never five years ago have connected I wouldn't have been able to see how those were connected. And now I just like oh, feel it well, pulsating. I'm like, people are like, how is ancestral healing connected to your soul work? I'm like, how is it not? You know, right, right. Um, but that took year again, I said five years ago, not like five minutes ago. So this, this process of, of doing, of being curious about ancestry and how it's living through me in the lineage or in the face of my ancestors. Like one of my teachers always says that, like you are the face of your ancestors. So honor it. You know, you are the temple of your ancestors. I'm like, Oh, that's like a lot more dignity I have to hold than just, you know, little old like American 80 child of the eighties. Like that's a really different energy than holding Fanchon Hartman title. I mean, Fanchon Hartman title, what a name. Like I, you know, she's in me. So it feels so much more empowering to bring them along for the ride. It feels much more connected to soul, like bigger consciousness. And I will also say it's been so helpful in that, um, on my, in my lineages, there's definitely women, witchy women who've been gathering women for all of time. And, and now I'm starting to have a lot of like memories and dreams of, villages in Egypt and, you know, dances and things are coming to me that I've, you know, I'm making little altars in the earth. And I'm like, I've done this before. I know how to do this. And so there's like also this like lived experience that's been really fun to play with. That's not about like, you know, to-do lists or productivity or like getting, what is that book? Getting shit done, getting stuff done, GT, whatever. It's like a productivity book, which I love and has been really great to get me here. But now it's like more of more interesting to embody lineages that connect to soul. It's making this sort of like life thing much more fun and interesting. Yeah, yeah exactly. And all of the things that create awe. Yes. We haven't made time for a lot of that. Yeah. And, and so now, okay. So without any judgment of our past, that's where we are now. We're, you know, apparently 50 years from, you know, destroying the planet. So it, it hello <laughs> you know it's I love that you're trying to really figure out what is the sustainable yeah. interior story that we can bring to the outside rather than what is the outside telling us right so if we're going to be yes. externally validated that's only going to take us so far but we can validate the external like I can say my home is yeah almost completely off the grid working. I can say I dug up my lawn to build, you know, to grow a garden. I can, I can take my soul's understanding and be kinder to people on the bus. I can do all of yeah. that inner to outer. And I think that's where this next group of women needs to be working. I think women have to be running the world. And I, I do, I think that right now mm -hmm. 
-hmm. whatever it was that made it possible for us to be cooperative. Um, and maybe it was because we were uh, marginalized that we came together, right? That we have a, com in a weird way, we have this common emotional language that in my experience has nothing to do with race at all or, mm -hmm. You know, it's just, and, and even people who are more gender fluid can do both languages. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we are. It's like, we have to be at the language of urgent soul, of fierce soul. Yeah. And we didn't train for it. So the, tra the training that we've gotten so far is good. And now we just have to up it. Elements, be in relationship with the elements. Ayurveda. That's why I love it. <laughs> just yeah. because even just sitting with a fire, it's like, and I'm like, I am you, you are me. And then all of a sudden I'm like, get up girl, go get stuff done. I'm like, okay. Like, it's like, give, it's feeding me. Yeah. Right. When I'm like, I, or the opposite. If I'm like, whoa, I'm too heated inside. I'm too short. I'm too like critical. I'm like, I'll hear like, go take a bath, go take a shower, like go, go water, 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 you know, like, so yeah, I don't. So listen to the markers. That's beautiful for your for your community. Listen to Pleasance's markers. These are soul markers, right? That you're using your Ayurvedic map to help your soul write itself. And that for me is if my soul is in alignment with yeah. something bigger than myself, which is the trick for this narcissistic story, right? Is yeah. the alignment. And if it's yeah. aligned bigger than that, I will break through the narcissism because I'm not going to be thinking that way. It's, it's really a true 360. It's like, mm -hmm. I'm in alignment with love. So if that's my alignment, then whatever comes out of that is not fraught with anxiety because it's me and this greater awareness working together. It's like I'm, I'm in service immediately. I mean, which is just like, so much more trusting and harmonious and there's always rest right like that alignment and love will will lead you to rest when you need to rest and and sort of work when you need to work and and guide you to play you know it's 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 all of it is really encapsulated and it's like oh I, you mean I don't have to carry all of that like <laughs> yeah 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 oh it's just so much more joyful to not have to be the I and to really live in the we, yeah. you know? Ah, but in terms of developmental theory, this is, this is where a lot of people get stuck. Mm. I'm glad you said this. So this is the Ken Wilber stuff. So oh yeah, once you can't get to the we without having a really solid I because you have to bring yourself somewhere, right? Mm. And what, what Ken Wilber said, which I really loved is he said that before language, which they call pre-egoic, right? We, we exist in kind of a state of universal oneness. And that's mommy, the mommy me, right? Mm -hmm. Everything, of course, you and I don't have that, but we're supposed to. Like, it's the, you know, the, the wonderfulness of spirit is not broken. Mm -hmm. And then it, as we get language and it go out in the world, it breaks and we develop our egos, which we need to pay our bills and do our work and blah, blah, blah. And then when we get to a little bit fuller with that and we start to feel this bigger thing right spirit we bring everything that we've developed to that you never leave anything behind that you've learned yeah but a lot of my clients went straight from thinking they were in oceanic oneness to thinking they were in oneness with god and they don't have any savings accounts mm -hmm. they're living in trailers they're waiting for someone else to help them. They're assuming that someone else will learn to do the spreadsheets, whatever that is. Mm. It's, we call that spiritual bypass, right? It's we're not walking the whole developmental story. So I love that you said when we, the we is much stronger than the I, but the we has to be made up yeah. of healthy eyes. Yeah. Oh. And what, what are some things to do get to a healthy eye? Like I, I can imagine someone's listening and they're like, that sounds wonderful. Now WTF do I do? <laughs> You're all doing great because what you're going to do is just look at you know, it's a really fun thing. Maybe you guys can even do this. If you do a timeline for yourselves, you can mm. not just 
for, we do it for trauma work, but you can do it for development. And then you'll, you'll see where your developmental holes are, mm. right? And yeah. my developmental hole has to do, I'll give you a good mm. example, with, with math. So a lot mm. of girls are really good in math, just like boys are. Like there's lots of good girls in math. And it usually at about 10, girls start giving up that capacity to do well in math mm -hmm. because they're told that the boys, mm -hmm. that's the boys and we're the girls. And part of that's, you know, part of that we come out with, with estrogen, that's okay, but you know, it's great. But, but the, there's an actual damage point there mm -hmm. where social life takes over intellectual life right around 10, 11, 12. Mm -hmm. There's actually a name for that math panic so I was uh, in the 99th percentile in math and I was taken out of school to go to a special program at Stanford for little kids where they taught us base 10, which is what your kids are learning now. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, everyone else was doing multiplication and division and, and I came back into class and I, I still cannot multiply past the five times table. I'm 67. So that's a real gap in me that makes me uh, weak. Mm -hmm. It makes me not strong. I have to, I've had to learn how to run a budget, do a spreadsheet, mm -hmm. keep mm -hmm. a budget, mm -hmm. um, pay attention to our, our life together. Yeah. I'm very bad at it. Um, my husband was a CPA, so it's really easy for me to become mm. underdeveloped there. And I'm going to bet if all of your people in your circles mm -hmm. look at where am I actually undeveloped? Mm -hmm. Can you change a car tire? I mean, they're stupid stuff, but they're really, really helpful. Are you afraid, like I am, to walk alone in the woods because of sexual trauma? Mm -hmm. Have you been able to hold a job that can actually pay your way? If your partner dropped dead, do you know what to do? If you are living at subsistence, do you have any ideas how to call in some help? Mm -hmm. Right? Like those are all egoic functions to be able to take care of oneself in the world. So developing those skills. Yeah. So I mean, it's saying simple and kind of like, I don't want to learn how to change a tire. <laughs> I don't want to do my tax. Right? Yeah, but I think one of the things that we've done in our <laughs> circles, and this will be fun too, is we've done a bunch of things. Well, two things that really were great. We took an all women's um, canoe trip down the San Juan River, mm. which is canyons of Utah. And we got down there and we were all like, you know, we're gonna get, we got this and our little, you know, and we had massive wind the entire time. And our trip became a trip about survival. And it was really spooky for all of us to see how ill-prepared we were. Yeah. Emotionally. Yeah. We actually did fine. But the reason we did fine, half the group worked really hard and the other half thought they were still on the trip that they'd pay for. And they never changed their expectation. Right? So it, mm -hmm. that's a level of egoic development that you can force. It's bringing up a lot. Like I get, my stomach is bubbling and I'm feeling like all of the activation of just like, I don't need that. I don't want to. Like, I think all my bypassy parts, yeah, right? Yeah. If we go into IFS now, like we'll just use a whole nother, like this one part is feeling protective, uh, upset, annoyed. Yeah. 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 You know, she's like, I don't want to. So it's very interesting. And then underneath that, I heard kind of like a giggle, like a wise, it wasn't a giggle. It was like a wise, like kind of nod of like, here's an edge, you know, like an invitation for future adventure slash learning in those realms. But the first one to arise was definitely the protector of like, hell no, we're not doing that. And then underneath was like, you know, yeah, yes, and, you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, another one that we did that was really breakthrough is we did full force fighting. Mm. And I've done that three times now. And that broke 
the image of women are not strong enough to, to really take down a man. And boy, did that help me. And even yeah. that, I, I fought last year at 66. So it was like, I needed to know that my body would not freeze. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's a developmental phase for me. I was, I was, you know, I was raped when I was young. So I, my, my first body response is freezing. And it's, I've been every 10 years all five that I can remember yeah. the muscle memory that says, I have agency. I am not an object. I am the subject of my life. I have to take care of me. Doesn't mean I don't lean on my husband for lots and lots of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he leans on me too. Yeah, right. Show up as an adult in those places. Right, right, that energy. Yeah, that feels so beautiful as an aspiration and so, so many interesting things to sort of play with and examine within that. I think in, um, I did a training a few years ago for the center for mind, body medicine on mind, body skills groups. And one of our activities is for five, I can't remember if it's five or 10 minutes, but you yell in someone's face, no. And like, you know, everyone is starting like, no, no. And by the end, there's just sobbing. Yeah. No, no you know, everything, that little voice just gets louder. And then all the times you wish you would have had that strength. Yeah. Um, it's one of the most like profound. And then after here's, here's how I know that I'm good with intensity, but not intimacy. Mm-hmm. I did it. I was bawling and I had a partner who came towards me and I had to turn a- around and walk out of the room. Yeah. I couldn't be held by her. I couldn't be seen by her. I just was like, I need to get out of here. Cause I feel so like, uh, you know and she was just welcoming me but I couldn't receive her love, you know yeah. and kindness. Beautiful example, yeah. 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 And there's something that you learned that was successful for a yeah. long time and mm-hmm. that maybe you, you were, there's some longing for to be able to be held on. Yeah, well, I mean, yes that's part of what you're teaching me, receiving. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm just like you, it's hard. <laughs> Yeah. to let people touch me. Yeah. 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 And I, if, as long as I go in again, like if I'm in control of it, I'm okay with it. I'm like, I'm a hugger. Let me come at you. But if you come to me, I, I record, you know, I have a, that response. Yeah. So there's so, our story living in our adult yeah. life. Yeah. Bringing, just bringing soul and consciousness to it. Right? Um, I want to talk to you for 500 more hours and I'm respectful of your time. Will you, come back at some point. I would love it. And I want you also share with everyone some of the things that you're doing this winter and spring. I'll, I'll put a link to your website. One of the ones I think that um, I'm, the thing that I'm, two of them, one's already started. So the other, we're doing a women's retreat Mm -hmm. and it's going to be online because we usually do them in person. But um, we're going to, we're designing it as a sacred, sacred weekend. So you'll, setting up altars in your homes and um the thing that's really exciting to me is that um it's with two women who the head of a vital it's called vital cycles which is about regenerating the earth Mm. um and Mm. using permaculture principles and then dr schmidt who is um a lifetime liver of synchronicity and dreaming Mm. that's that's what she teaches. That's yes. how she lives. That's how I live with her. Yes. And so we're putting all of us together to yes. see how to get the insights, which we're all been working on mm-hmm. into this 50 years that really needs us to have some outside. Mm-hmm. So as someone who kill has in the past been a killer of plants, you know, I have had to look at what is the what is the part of me that was unable to be an interbeing with the natural world? I love it. I've spent a lot of time out there, but I have, it has not been mm-hmm. integrated into my soul story yeah. enough to even notice the plants are dying. What's that about? Yeah. So that was kind of the call to the weekend. And I took this year long permaculture class and I was so stunned by what I didn't know about how humans and, mm-hmm. and plants are the same mm-hmm. at such a profound level mm-hmm. that even emotionally plants mm-hmm. are the same. 
that I wanted to bring women together because I think it's our natural habitat. Mm -hmm. And if it's true, we're all gonna, and I really almost believe this, we're gonna need to grow gardens. Yeah. And I'm kind of from that point of view is that we're gonna yeah. need to learn this. Yeah. So just like we need to learn to change a tire. Yeah. Come learn this in a sacred space. Yeah you know, with, with beautiful poetry and lots of time alone, you're going to get a little sacred pouch in the mail and it's, you know. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm signed up, I'm coming. Oh yeah. Signing yeah. <laughs> it. So, <laughs> and then one other one that your women may interested in starts in uh, February. It's a once a week for six weeks uh, with uh, my friend Sandra in Canada. We're downloading everything that we know as um, therapists about development and, and sex. So we're doing a whole six weeks on sexual theory, how people are educated about sex, what's going wrong, what would make that right. Um, a lot of what's taboo, what's, you know, how do you look at what's taboo? How were you trained sexually? How is it? A lot of women are sexually anorexic. They just don't want to have sex. Mm -hmm. And then the other half seem to be, you know, bunnies. So somewhere in the middle is freedom. Ah. Mm -hmm. uh. All of it, so good. I want all of it. I want to do all of it. Really excited for you and for the, for the leadership that you carry. It's really stunning and beautiful, and I love how you're always bringing new things in. It's it's inspiring to me. Oh, that's so kind. Thank you. I feel like you really. I just like I said earlier, really profoundly affirmed and validated the sort of callings and the longings. I've always wanted to fully embrace. And now with your support and teachings, like guidance, I've been able to really step fully into that in a way that just, again, doesn't feel fake or bypassy or weird. I don't have to be like enlightened or I can be human. And that feels really good. Cause that wasn't really like a thing in the yoga tradition. <laughs> you weren't really allowed to be that. Um, you know, there's just so many layers to sort of like the humanness that's been really fun and pleasurable and I'm here for it, like Hanani, like here for, you know, any of the pleasure that also includes rest and honesty. It just, Yay. that's it. Yay. Right? In the great love, with the great love, always. Always. You're the best. Love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.